Good morning. Thank you for that scripture reading. And uh, I want to thank the elders and Brother Jimmy for asking me to do this uh, uh, and having this opportunity to share with you some thoughts. Um, we took uh, the, the lesson from Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, and uh, I wanted to talk to you this morning about change. And uh, I find myself a little nervous. But I'm thankful that this morning, you know, a couple of hours ago when I put on that long sleeve shirt, uh, after about two minutes, uh, I changed my mind. And right now, I'm really grateful that I did that. I might be a casualty up here. Um, years ago, it's probably been about 22 years since we had a newborn in our house. But uh, when my son was born, I remember holding him and, and remembering something that my my uh, my aunt told me, which was that if you have a newborn, you have to take their head and shape their head it's softly, but you have to mold it. Otherwise. It's going to take on the shape of either the canal or forceps or whatever affected it. And uh, I don't know how true that is, but I remember, you know, trying that on my son. His seems to be okay. I remember feeling, feeling on my head and thinking, I think I even asked my aunt, did you have this conversation with my mother? Because it doesn't feel like that worked. But the idea is that, you know, the, the child's head is soft, it's malleable. Uh, some, of the, some of you mothers realize that, you know, as it's forming, there's still a, 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 a soft spot in the top where you can even see their pulse. Uh, as we grow, you know, it's harder to, 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 to deal with that. Uh, it's harder to do any shaping. We as people have a hard time with change. We don't like change. Change makes us uncomfortable. But there are certain things about change that we have to come to grips with. Change is difficult, uh, but change is coming. Change is going to happen with all of us. It's somewhat inevitable. But what we don't realize is that change is part of God's plan. Change for us, change for people around us, change for us as a congregation, change for our environment and the things that we have to do within that environment. Um, one of my favorite characters and, and, and a big figure in the uh, Old Testament is Moses. Did you know that Moses went through some changes? He didn't start as the ideal vessel, I should say, for God. When God looked for people to use, he didn't look for them in the, in, in the uh, fashion that he was going to use them. In other words, Moses went through some changes. If you read back to some of the excuses that Moses gave early on, back in Exodus, the third and the fourth chapter, he said, why me? I don't even know how to talk to people. I'm not good at doing this stuff. I'm not good at leading people. I don't have all the answers. People are not gonna listen to me. 
I'm a terrible speaker, and I'm just not qualified. In hindsight, I think about those excuses, and I think, There's a lot of issues with Moses, and I would not have chosen him. Moses was, Moses was not very much trusted by people. Moses was a murderer. Moses was a lot of things, and probably the least that you might think to do God's will. But see, a lot of times we just don't understand God's plan. And he has a plan. But those are the type of things that keep us from being willing to make changes in our lives. The fact that sometimes we don't understand God's plan. The fact that sometimes we're just averse to any type of change whatsoever. The fact that sometimes we have rose-colored glasses. And we like to glorify the past. Some of you parents have probably had conversations with your kids about how hard it was to do your study before there was internet. How you didn't have a phone that could that just pull up any answer to, to a, a, a question or, or help you to prepare for any type of uh, paper or what have you. There's a, a book that uh, I'm a, I guess I'm kind of Johnny come lately when it comes to this uh, book, but I, I think it's just a remarkable book uh, by a gentleman by the name of Sir Johnson. And the name of the lesson or the name of the book is Who Moved My Chief? Uh, and it's an old book, but I just learned about it a few years ago. And in the application, you know, there's these characters in the book bottom line is that there's a lot of lessons in that book that are applicable to us. Some of those lessons are the fact that change happens. We need to anticipate change in our lives. We need to monitor change. We need to adapt quickly to the change as opposed to being so averse to the change or behind in terms of taking advantage of a situation and doing the best that we can within that situation. And then we need to enjoy the change. There is a lot of scriptural lessons to the change. When it comes to Jeremiah the 18th chapter, in particular, we have a responsibility as the clay. We need to be ready for what God has in store for us in terms of how he wants to use us without assuming that we're already the vessels that are perfect for that use. We need to change as a congregation. One of the advantages to being in so many different places and worshiping with so many uh, congregations is that you experience some things. But one thing that we experienced uh, in a congregation that um, made a huge difference in our lives. Uh, it kind of shook our spiritual innocence, so to speak. We found that one day that there had been uh, a rift 
between the leadership and the minister so large that they decided to terminate that minister. It was frustrating for the congregation because we didn't have time to give input and to help that leadership and to kind of uh, help, you know, move beyond that issue and maybe smooth it out to where it did not happen the way that it happened to that minister's eventual termination. Um, later on, there was a, uh, you know, the minister was terminated and, and there was a lot of issues in the congregation as a result of that. Um, but the congregation grew and the people grew as, as well as the leadership. Um, later on, there was a, a search committee and an eventual uh, uh, finding of another minister. Uh, but not too long after that, guess what? Pretty much the same thing. That minister and that leadership dissolved. And there was another termination. Um, bottom line up front, you, you understand that there was issues there that weren't not necessarily uh, exclusive to the minister himself. Um, as a congregation, there needed to be some development with the leadership and with congregation, and, and, and obviously there was some issues. I say that because I remember when Brother Mark Frost first spoke to us, and my thought was, who is he? How does he know what we need in this congregation? And why are the elders putting so much trust in this individual? Well, in hindsight, I know that uh, it's, it, 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 I have a whole lot more respect for the process. And it's about the process, not about who's guiding us through the process. In the process of finding a minister, we are learning a whole lot about ourselves. Some stuff that you don't necessarily want to know, some stuff that you might need to know. And I remember wondering specifically, why do we need to know who we are from the community? We already have a strong presence in the community as far as what I could see and what I could discern. But I remember, you know, through the military, uh, when you do something called, when you do land navigation, you use a map and a compass. And you, when you uh, don't know exactly where you are, but you have a map and a compass and you can see terrain features out there, what you can do is shoot an azimuth at those features. And on your map, you draw a line back and you do that from several different features and you draw back and you can determine exactly where you are. Same concept here is by understanding where other things are, other people, other organizations in the community, it helps us to determine where we are. Hopefully in this process, we get to figure out before we go into the process of finding a new minister exactly who we are, what we need. We need to go into this process eyes wide open so that we don't end up with the wrong minister, or even wanting the wrong minister. Then there's change in the environment. In the concept of, of Jeremiah the 18th chapter, God is the potter, and we are the clay. 
has to play, God says, I'm going to put you through something. I remember this song um, that uh, a young lady, she sang so beautiful uh, in Waco, Texas, called, I'm Glad I Know You. And the song says, I'm glad I know you. I'm glad you know me. As I'm thinking about those words, that's a communication that we like to share with God as we grow our, our relationship with the Father. Sometimes I wonder if he's thinking, do you know me? Do you really know me? God says, I'm going to put you through some things. I believe that one of the hardest things to do is to see God in your circumstances. What do I mean by that? There are some things that we go through in life, and it's difficult to see God working in our life. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, sermons was called in the launch, Between the Launching and the Landing, where, God's, where Christ sent the apostles out, sent them into a storm, and then brought them out of the storm, but chastised them because they lost faith in that process. And that message was, listen, I'm going to send you into a storm, but I, I didn't send you into that storm uh, not knowing what you were going to. I sent you to that storm on purpose, but I didn't leave you in that storm. I was there with you the entire time, and I brought you out of that storm as well. You need to have faith in me because I'll never leave you, but you will go through something. There's a, uh, one of my favorite lessons in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, where the, the uh, uh, prophet, Bala, didn't see the angel. And the donkey that he was on kept straying away from the path that he was trying to go. But that's because the donkey could see the angel, and he could not. Sometimes, People outside of Christ can see God better than we can. We need to see God in the circumstance. And the only way that we can do that is by staying in communication with God. I work at the commissary, and when you don't uh, have an answer, uh, they have a, a, a call center, and it's called the help desk. When you don't know what to do, you call the help desk. As Christians, when we don't know what to do, we need to call the help desk. What does that mean? We need to be in constant communication with God. We need to talk to him on a regular basis so we get in alignment with his will. Without that communication, we don't know what his will is. As we go into this very, very important decision of a minister, it is so vital that we stay in constant communication with God. Some of you are going to pray, and I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to also get uh, uh, keep in tune with the uh, uh, 
search committee because the search committee is doing a lot of different things to help us to prepare for this this opportunity for this decision I should say and it's a huge decision so stay participating in the decision by learning what's happening by praying for those people who are helping uh, in this process and by praying yourself praying for us as a congregation praying for you as an individual all of the things that are happening are happening for a reason God is here he is in the process he is taking us through some things on purpose uh, but he's not leaving us by ourselves there's ways that you can help also we talked a little bit uh, on the prayer team about fasting what is fasting in prayer prayer is focus fasting helps us to focus by removing those obstacles that might distract us and helping us to take our focus off of what the body wants and figure out exactly what God wants. God wants in our lives, in our decisions, in our prayers, in, 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 our life, in the way that we, we behave, the way that we make decisions, the way that we think about him first, the way that we're thinking about him constantly. And you notice that when people fasted and prayed, they went away from things that could distract them. In essence, that's the same thing that fasting is. It's not the outside distractions, but the internal distractions, removing those distractions. So you've got direct focus with God. We need to prepare ourselves. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's something that, that, that allows me to uh, appreciate what I'm doing and appreciate the, the bounty is, is gardening. Some of you might be familiar with that. I think the, the best uh, cherry tomatoes in the world are the ones that I grew myself. Put in the ground, came up. I'm not sure why, but I, I, I love that greatly. And Luke, the eighth chapter, talks about, you know, um, uh, fertile ground. And uh, as a congregation, we need to make sure that we're doing the same thing, preparing the ground, which is ourselves and our hearts for what God has in store and for, um, uh, for the minister that we hope to have. Um, if you are thinking that we don't need preparation, I'll put it this way, you know, uh, uh, many of us are, uh, have spouses and things and we remember back when we first uh, uh, entered that relationship and how we did our best to look apart and to look our best um and a comment that mark frost said is that you know we need to be in such a way that we attract the minister that we want we can't assume that we're you know that that anybody can see who we are and appreciate that sometimes we need to put on our best uh, uh, uh best face so to speak um and people know that right off the bat. In, in our process, we need to make sure that they can see who we are. What a great congregation this is. Uh, and why we're here in the first place. I implore you to stay involved. 
I implore you to be as clay and be ready for the change, be able to be changed in a way that God can use you. Uh, let's all as a congregation be ready to, for the change so that uh, we are the vessel that God can use in this process and that he'll bless us with a minister that not only we want, but fits and it's going to be what we need in this congregation. It helps to understand and learn exactly what we do need. If your connection has been interrupted with the Father, you need to get reconnected through repentance and confession and prayers of the righteous. Um, there's an elder in the back and an elder up front that can help you. If you seek that connection, you can get connected today, just like the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts chapter, where he heard the word, he believed it, he repented, he confessed, he confessed Christ, and then he was baptized the very same day. Um, you too can get that uh, um, connection if you respond today, if you stand and be led in the song of invitation.